It's about that time. Quality time. Turn it up. This is the Quality Control Podcast. Let's go. All right. Let's get into it. What's going on, people? This is the Quality Control Podcast, where we have quality conversations with quality people to get quality results. I have a very special guest today with me. I would like to call him Mr. Jeffrey Johnson, a.k.a. JJ. We'll get him an opportunity to introduce himself. But today we want to talk about an impromptu live conversation we had a couple of weeks back and just kind of dive into it and get more perspective on it. So without further ado, Jeffrey, please introduce yourself and tell us about you, uh, what you have going on, a little history and where you're going. What's up, everybody? Thanks, Murray, for having me, man. I'm Jeffrey D. Johnson. Uh, my my poet stage name is Just Jeff. Uh, and, man, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I got a lot of things going on, a lot of hands in different pots and consider myself a jack of all trades. So, yeah, I, I love sports. I love art. So I'm a kind of a weird renaissance type of dude where I can I love music, art, sports, the spoken word, you know, it's just it's a lot going on, man. That's what's up, man. You ever heard that saying of uh, the jack of all trades? Um, uh, it, it starts off and everybody tends to use the first half of it, but they don't actually use the second half. And I love it. it mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than the master of one. That's it. And <laughs> I, I just love that. So, so anybody who's good at a whole bunch of stuff be good at it you know uh, make yourself valuable bring value to yourself when you walk into the room based on your skill set because at the end of the day that's what we market that's what we are but not to get off tangent but no no that was good because you know as entrepreneur you got to have a lot of different skills you can't just be one track minded you got to know how to you know market you got to know how to do sales you got to know how to speak you got to know how to execute whatever service or produce whatever product like you just wear so many hats as an entrepreneur so i, I don't take you know people do skip their last part of that phrase so I'm yeah, absolutely you know um problem solving too man because every right. day is a problem and a lot of times they're not really every problems day. they're just obstacles so once you get mm-hmm. into that entrepreneur journey you'll learn that so but Man, let's talk about that live session we had, man. And um, I think if I recall correctly, the topic was, you know, everybody wants the wedding, but not the marriage. So I That's guess right. to dive deeper into this, why is this the case? You know, what what would you say is the case with that? Man, there's this false sense of romance, love, dating, marriage, courtship that's going around in our culture, right? And we have these lofty ideals about what marriage is, but people have no clue what marriage really is and what it's about. Like oftentimes we, we talk about the, the, the lovey dovey, you know, honeymoon side of, of marriage, but that's just the wedding stuff. You know what I mean? They don't want the, the up long nights cause you worry sick about your spouse or your, your spouse is actually sick and you got to take care of them. They don't want to think about the arguments over finances. They don't want to think about, uh, trying to deal with the children or thinking about future goals, like the fear and anxiety that comes with, both, with all of those things. We don't want to talk about that stuff. We want to talk about, you know, how good we look, you know, dancing to a routine at our reception and, and how many people came and what the flowers look like. Like that's the stuff that people truly want. They don't really want the, the gritty covenant marriage part. Right. And you see it every day because like you yeah. said, it's often overlooked. It's not, it's not glorified. It's not actually honed in, though. You know, it's very few mm-hmm. people that 
you know, and that's actually becoming a space to where they highlight the ups and downs of marriage. You have several different podcasts that are out there, like um, the Ellis's, Kadeen and Deval Ellis. Mm -hmm. They go into mm -hmm. their marriage, talk about their ups and downs or whatever, whatnot. And it's just like you have to understand that once you get past that day, man, you have a yeah. whole lifetime in front of you. And right. for me, the key to marriage is understanding like entrepreneurship things are not going to go your way and the way people marketed things and paint things and say how things are supposed to be it's not going to be right. like that you know so um <laughs> you know you know man to man people can catch you know a shock value once you find out you know how sex changes when you get married and it's not Facts. intentionally it's because mm -hmm. that man we got other stuff going on you know, and when yeah. you compile that on top of, you know, a days of activities and coming home and, you know, it almost turns into a chore. I had a good friend tell me that, you know, I asked mm. him once he was married and I was, he was like, man, it's almost like a chore, you know, not to say that it is, but at the same time, when you make it a, you know, a priority or something that's on a to-do list, a checklist, essentially that's mm -hmm. what it is, you know. When right. in fact you want it to be spontaneous, you want both partners involved to be into it. You want everything to right. be, you know, kind of set up. So, but um, even to just go further in that, you know, it's just a lot of expectations that are not represented, mm. you know, in the marriage. You know, either from people that are married or just the ideal. You know, so, so from saying that everybody wants the wedding and not the marriage, can we come to the conclusion that failure of marriage is a hundred percent user error? And I asked that question hmm. because I can't see where marriage doesn't work if it's done correctly. And I could be wrong. That's why hmm. this is dialogue. You know, I'm not always right. I'm no Kevin right. Samuels. I'm not going to claim to be. But <laughs> the, just with me diving into deep thinking on these topics, because I always think about it, because I have to always sharpen my own marriage, figure out what mm -hmm. I'm doing wrong and, and avoid distractions. Can we conclude that failure of marriage is a hundred percent user error? I mean, what would you say on that? So in my Bible, I remember years ago when I first got married, I wrote this statistic down that talks about marriage, right? It says a recent study, I think this was probably the year I got married or the year before, something like that. It was like recent study studies showed that nearly fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. 50% of marriages wow. in, in divorce. And then to go further, it says 60% of those uh, marriages from couples who marry between the age of 20 and 25 in divorce. So there's already 50% of people that get divorced when they get married. But then there's a higher number of people who get married between 20 and 25 in divorce. So it's like, that's horribly daunting to know that, especially from a person that, that got married when I was 23, 24 years old. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I think I think it if we don't know what the purpose of marriage is, if we don't know who created marriage and why he created marriage and what it represents, then it's 100% user error because God didn't create anything bad. Right? Correct. Like he created things that are good and we perverted so many things in this world, basically everything in this world, and marriage is one of those things. So Correct. it's on us. And I like how you took a biblical standpoint on it because um, we actually 
attended the same church in one period of time, Bethel mm-hmm. Missionary Baptist Church, under the leadership at that time of Reverend Lee Brand Jr. And one of his things that he talks about when uh, Moses is on the mountain and he wanted mm-hmm. to see God, and God actually hid Moses in the mountain and he passed, and Moses saw the back of his glory, per se. And mm-hmm. what Pastor Brand brought from that, he said that God shows as much as he hides. And mm. from that, I always just kind of grind, always grind and gear on things because just like God shows as much as he hides, numbers do the same thing as well. So that mm. 50%, you can take that face value and say half, but you have to mm-hmm. dive in as to why. There always has to why? be a why behind the number. And right. that's kind of, you know, me personally, how I came to the conclusion that it's 100% error because guess what? It's no, it's no marriage without people. Marriage can't exist mm-hmm. without people. And then when you put people into a situation, there will be error just based on our nature. So it's not a knock on marriage. It's right. you have to have an understanding of the institution, just like you said. And that's very, very, very important. Uh, uh, a biblical understanding of the, the institution was transformed to a practical understanding, because if you pull no practicality out of biblical principles, you mm-hmm. can't see how they work. So it's just right. not you spinning the Bible to make it work for you. That's not me saying making a practical application. A practical application is, okay, why should I be married? Okay, practically speaking for me, I'm actually a car guy. So when you walk on the car lot and they pull your credit and you're 760, that's going to be super prime credit. Mm-hmm. They tell you you can buy any car on the lot you want to. What does that naturally do for you? That makes your decision tougher because you have so much to choose from. So mm-hmm. you have people that steer away from marriage because they're not ready. They want to do these different things and, you know, mm. uh, test their options and not sell right. on things like that. Right. You make the choice more confusing. You don't focus on the things you need. It's just like shopping mm. at the grocery store or going in hungry. If you don't have a list. Right. Of what you right. need, and I'm not talking about this six five chocolate brown skin <laughs> two ten or uh, five right. five uh, dark skin long. We're not talking about that. We're talking about mm-hmm. you know principles that you know facilitate a healthy marriage. Those are the things mm-hmm. we need to look for. And if you don't pick up on those things at a very young age, you are prone to failure because what's important to you at 23 is not going to be important to you at 33. Trust me, I'm 35 years old. What was important mm. to me at 25, 23, 21? Man, I can care less. And I'm glad for growth <laughs> and maturity. So um, it's Absolutely. funny that statistic falls into that age group because I think, mm-hmm. you know, we quite don't have a grasp on what's important or what will become important. So, um, no, that's powerful. You said the, the principles, how would you say, something like the principles or qualities of an effective marriage or something like that. And it's like stuff that we should have been taught as kids will translate into our marriages with other people like effective communication like problem solving uh uh transparency and vulnerability with your emotions and your feelings right stuff like that are probably some of the hardest things to overcome especially in your first few years of marriage like my wife and I are we're approaching year seven and we're just now getting this down you see what I'm saying <laughs> like people think like oh once you get over the first year you're fine no our first year was, was 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 pretty smooth it was year two and three that was really challenging but now we're on like six seven and 
in year six was when I injured myself. And that took our marriage to a whole nother level because it really brought forth the, the reality of in sickness and in health. Absolutely. That's why I'm saying people don't get real marriage. Like those vows are on a whole nother level than what we originally thought. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, they're there for a reason, you know, think about mm -hmm. it. If you, you choose to write your own vows, you know, and mm -hmm. they could be three pages long. They could be four pages long. You know, once you get to the point to where, you talk about those vows. I did the basic vows. I don't know about you, you man. Wrote your vows. You a poet? I'm sure you 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 pr pressed I it did. down. You shook it together <laughs> and made it rain. No, I understand. I that. did. I did. And that's fine. But I'm sure you took the template and put mm -hmm. a spin on it to where that's right. There's an understanding between you and your wife because ultimately that's what a marriage is. It's the understanding right. between you and your wife. So, but. You you hit the nail right on the head. I got to drop a gym right there, man. We got to understand <laughs> really those vows. They're there for a reason, and you and you need to listen Absolutely. to those and 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 don't knock people that want to renew their vows after ten years because at the end of the day, you have to constantly renew. So, uh, big ups to approaching seven years too, man. I, I'll be Thank let's you. see, my seven year is this year. So, um, that is that's oh, that's good, man. So that's awesome. I mean, Congrats. just. You know, marriage has to be, you know, perpetuated as a good thing because it is. And it's simple, man. People think marriage is hard. It can be challenging. But at the same mm -hmm. time, look at the things that you omit, Jeffrey. You omit what? You have to worry about going to public, sneaking around. You got to worry about Come nobody on, knocking on your door, talk about something. <laughs> you said you were going to be with me. Worry about your mm -hmm. car being damaged. Worry about somebody nah. lying on you. Worry about outside children, child support. That's the practical aspect of the biblical principle. You know, mm -hmm. get you one so you ain't got to worry about the many because you can't manage the many because you can't manage yourself. Listen, somebody somebody <laughs> made a joke. They made a joke about uh, Stephen Curry and Aisha Curry. It was like, man, they, they children really all look alike. And somebody said, yeah, that's what happens when you have the same mom and daddy for all the children. <laughs> Man, drop and, it down. And I, have, I come from, I, both my wife and I come from blended families. So I have, you know, two sets of parents and all of my siblings are my siblings. They're not step siblings and stuff right. like that. But when, like you said, when you do have a marriage, you, you're less likely to deal with a lot of the extra stuff. Because if my wife decides to key take a key and key uh my Chevy Malibu. She's also keying her Chevy Malibu. There you she go. has to do it. <laughs> like her name is on the insurance, on the lease. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's 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 we think differently. Like I don't have to deal with, you know, you know, my wife is a cosmetologist and a professional hair and makeup artist, right? And she specializes in using makeup to enhance and highlight the natural beauty of women, right? But there are people using makeup to completely transform what they look like. So you, you can't recognize them. And I was talking to a buddy. I said, man, I don't got to deal with that. You got to deal with that. I know exactly what my wife looks like. Like, you're dating. You don't know what those women actually look like. So it's just marriage is different, man. And I get it, man, because the way the world's going now, you almost got to pull a birth certificate when you're date, uh, dating somebody because you, you just don't know. You know, you don't um, know. Interesting enough, I woke up this morning to go to the gym and I popped up my uh, my Instagram or Facebook, one of them, and this guy had a quote and he was like, it was a young guy too, high school. He was like, 
women like what they hear and men like what they see. That's why women mm. wear, wear makeup and why men tell lies. <laughs> I, dude, I was, I'm, I'm like, boom. <laughs> wow. Boom. I, I, dude, took me all the way out at 445 wow. this morning. But it's so right. true. It's so wow, true. Wow, that's powerful. It, it, it's it's powerful, you know. But uh, moving right along, let me ask you this: so, if we can conclude that marriage is a hundred percent user error, and based on the statistics that you gave, how should a person prepare for marriage traditionally versus practically? You know, traditionally, I would mm. speak, you know, real quick, you know, marriage counseling, you know, uh, seek, seeking the pastor advice, uh, you know, mm -hmm. sessions, things like that, from a pra but versus a practical standpoint. Who are those old season couples you can go talk to that can give you the ups and the downs or, you know, when Uncle Ray Ray stepped out on Auntie Susie and, and, and the, the rebound from that. And, uh, you know, from a practical standpoint, how do you prepare versus traditional? What would you say on that? Like, so to give you a little context, every and I mean every relationship or marriage in my family has ended ended or is continuing through some kind of adultery or infidelity right so that literally that literally is the identity of my family lineage right uh all of my siblings that are married are experiencing that right all my sisters um my parents they've dealt with that my grandparents they dealt with that my wife's parents dealt with that you see what i'm saying Correct. So, number one, I'm, I'm fighting an uphill battle. My wife and I fight an uphill battle. So, practically, what, what we were very adamant about doing is having, like you said, an older couple. Not not necessarily like in their 40s and 50s. Like these people are, you know, 35, 37, but they've been married for 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years. And they're, we've given them the authority to speak into our lives, Right. As a couple. So it's like they can tell us the truth. They can call us out on our miss. They can mm -hmm. sit us down and mediate. So that's one practical thing that we really hold tight to. Having people in our life that will challenge us to grow in our marriage. Because if you don't have that protection, like a, a seasoned or older couple praying for you, praying against the attacks of the enemy, like praying against your own individual selfishness, you're going to struggle. And then practically from an individual standpoint, you have to be comfortable being by yourself first. Right? Absolutely. I think it's unhealthy for people who uh, desire marriage so badly they can't be by themselves. Mm -hmm. Right? You don't know how to, be, to sit still. You don't know how to be alone. You don't know how to deal and reconcile with issues and, and, and deal with your emotions. You're like, if you don't know how to do those basic things, getting in a marriage is going to be so much more challenging because you haven't practice those tools and skills you need to effectively communicate so get you a couple that can speak into your life and, and be honest with you and then work on being by yourself first before you just dive into a marriage like i'd rather be whole and healthy whole healthy and alone right or sing whole healthy and single than uh conflicted broken and married like mm -mm. i like that man i like that and I like the alone time. I really do because me myself experiencing a long time, it was almost like a rebirth period to where 
at the time I was probably pursuing somebody mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out well why in the why why they don't like me but it gave me so much time to analyze what I wanted mm-hmm. you know or what I needed rather right. or what I thought I would need versus you know what I need it's I always go back to the car analogy that's just second nature um I give you an example um 2012 I owned a 2012 Kia Optima mm-hmm. Fully loaded, you know, sunroof, cool seats, all the stuff like that. Four door car. Mm-hmm. Then um, I got a wild hair. December twelve, I decided to buy a Genesis Coupe R Spec, mm-hmm. six speed manual. Mm-hmm. And six months later, after that, I traded back into a Sonata. So even in that situation, I realized that in that coupe, I could not take my mom around, which she was disabled. And it was just, you know, it didn't work for me mm-hmm. at the time. Now, I will say this. We can't switch in our relationship like we right. can't call right. it. Until <laughs> sometime, I'll I, I drop this gym right here, too. When you're purchasing the car, make a decision that's going to, you know, benefit you in, for future. Mm-hmm. Don't buy nothing good for right now because them decisions you are going to have to pay for right. later on. Right. Literally and figuratively. So, right. um, to say that, I say this is... That alone time gave me the opportunity to think about what mattered. Mm. Not just what mattered now, but what mattered in the future. And I can say that when I met my wife, it clicked. I met my wife, I want to say, 2013. I was 27 years old, if I'm not mistaken, 28. Mm-hmm. And my wife was a mother with no kids. Because at the end of the day, a lot of your, um, a lot of women, you know, they go through things. They have kids with people they don't desire to be with, but those kids make them into the stronger person they need to, mm. you know. So they're ideal from a personality standpoint and a skill set standpoint, but you could be apprehensive based on them having kids by another person, not because of them, but how the other person may react and things like that. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, just being 100% transparent, I always wanted a mother with no kids. You know, somebody that was nurturing, mm-hmm. I'm sure like your wife is nurturing, that can take care of you, you know, not the stereotypical cook, clean and stuff like that. But those are skill sets. Yes, my wife's not. You know, those, those <laughs> well, which is fine. But she Again, does it. Goes she back does to the it, but she just, it, she does not subscribe to that stereotypical deal. But yeah, to your point. I, I get it. I get it. It's a, a skill set. And, you know, it, you know, based on your household, mm-hmm. that's how everything flows. But. I had a lot of time to think about what mattered. Right. And like the point you made about the time off, being good by yourself, you develop skill sets on your own. You actually do an itinerary of yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I'm wanting somebody, what do I actually bring? Mm. Not necessarily the stereotypical bring to the table mm-hmm. thing, but you essentially deserve a mirror who you are. Mm. You know, and I, I would say it's at the point of your life, you know, so if, you you can't set a high standard for somebody you want, but you're not trying to achieve or that's striving it. to get that's that. That's it. Because that's like blessings. Blessings come every day. Mm-hmm. It is our job to prepare for them. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, a lot of people want God to show up in situations where he's already given you the tools to get through. You know, he puts you in the forest with trees, but you want God to magically appear mm-hmm. and make a house. Wow. When God shows up, is when it's when it's impossible. You get to the Red Sea, and you got the the Pharaoh's mm-hmm. army behind you, and you can't make no water stand up. That's when God show up. But you have to be prepared in order to let the Red Sea part. 
You have to that's get it. to the spot because he's not just going to part it when nobody's getting hands. it. It's you like basketball. <laughs> you got to raise it. It's like basketball, man. You, you're moving constantly mm-hmm. without the ball, correct? And you're trying mm-hmm. to get to a spot. You have to get to a spot or get in a position mm, to get it. the ball. You know, so the long time gives you opportunity to figure out where you are lacking, where mm. your deficits are. So God can actually work on that for you so you can be prepared for somebody that mm. shows up because there are blessings out there. You'll meet mm-hmm. women, women will meet men that are everything they need. They may not realize until 10 years down the road, but you'll miss that opportunity simply because you wasn't prepared mm. and you you didn't have the understanding to know that, man, this is what I need and this is why it's here. Check, check this so, out. Uh, man, that, that could be all. Yeah, so, Go ahead. Man, you just dropped, You should have dropped the gym on yourself on that moment. Uh, <laughs> here, here it is. There uh, you go. <laughs> so, I mean, when you said the, the trees and the forest part, that was powerful. It's like I gave you the forest, now I'm going to build the house, right? It's like oftentimes we, we want God to do everything for us, but he's, he's given us the ability to do certain things for ourselves, right? And how can we expect this, you know, five, seven, long hair, long legs, beauty, right? But we don't go to the gym. We don't work out. We don't take care of ourselves or even on a character tip or spiritual tip. How can we desire this woman of God, a man of God? And he's walking with the Lord and he's confident, he's taking care of himself, but we don't. So somebody told me, they said, you need to, instead of uh, the myth of finding the one, like finding the right one, you are becoming the one for the person you're searching for, right? You see what I'm saying? There it is. You heard it here first. (laughs) Become the person that you uh, uh, or that person will be desiring in you. And then then by, by nature, you'll attract that other person that you're seeking because you know they say real recognizes real and you're attracted to to certain qualities attract each other like mcdonald's advertisement does nothing for me because i gave up mcdonald's in 2012 right so they can have all the sandwiches they can have all the fries and the music and that stuff doesn't attract me right but when you have like a uh, a Babalu or a Huey's or something like that where I love that burgers and like real authentic burgers, that stuff attracts mm-hmm. me. So you're attracted to your standards, but I also have to become what I'm attracted to, like become my own standards essentially. No, I like it, man. You're actually attracted to your own level of thinking as well. That's it. You really are. And because at the end of the day, going back to the cars, uh, Lamborghinis, mm-hmm. A lot of people like Lamborghinis, want Lambos and things like that. The service interval on a Lamborghini is at about ten to fifteen thousand miles, and it's about fifteen thousand dollars. So, so we're talking, you know, the long hair, five seven, buck forty eight, buck fifty two. Just <laughs> man, character. Let's get into some character. You know what I'm Come saying? On. Because we talking lifetime, and we and here's the thing: twenty one, mm. twenty two, twenty three. You can only build on top of that foundation. You sure. can't tear it down and redo somebody. You're not going to change anybody. You're not going to change a man. You're not going to change a woman. So all that stuff is important, Jeffrey, man. Appreciate you, man. That's 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 love right there. So, um, Absolutely. Your marriage has had some changes. And we talked about this earlier. You know, um, you talked about when you were injuring your wife stepping up. Kind of 
go into how that actually changed your viewpoint, not necessarily changed, but it actually enhanced to open mm-hmm. your eyes to see what type of woman you actually have. Because sometimes we know what we have, mm-hmm. but it's almost like you have to see it in action to be reassured, not for you, right. because you know, you knew she was going to be that before it happened. But when mm-hmm. you see it happen, there's still a different level of appreciation. I can say that, you know, for my wife having our two sons, you know, I knew she was a nurturer. I knew she was a mom, but just mm-hmm. seeing her in action is like, it's hitting lotto, wow. bro. It's hitting lotto, bro. Lotto is <laughs> like, man, I did it. I did it right. Thank God I got this right. But describe your situation and kind of what you took from it and, you know, what the end all be all has been based on that journey and how did that make your relationship? I'm not even going to stay stronger because I knew you guys were strong, but how did this solidify what you knew? Ba- mm. Kind of like a, a, a faith you know, a faith thing to say, I know that she's gonna do be that, but when you see mm-hmm. it, there's no no legal for no need for faith anymore because I see it. So describe that transition for me. Absolutely. So the 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 dynamic in our marriage is heavily influenced by the type of character and attributes we both have. Right. So for me, I'm a you know getter. I'm, I'm you know try to be strong for my family because I'm like the eldest. Um, it's like there's different attributes of myself that I try to bring to my marriage, right? So my wife, mm-hmm. she rarely sees me vulnerable, which I have worked on. She rarely sees me like in a weakened state where I couldn't provide and couldn't do. So she really didn't need, uh, well, she really hasn't had much practice in being that, like stepping up to take care of everything. She didn't have to. Because of my nature, right. right? So when I got injured, man, I tore the patella tendon in my knee um, 10 weeks before I was supposed to play professional basketball in Spain. And oh, wow. right, and she, when I say she was working a full-time job, working a little side hustle, she stopped everything and became a full-time nurse. I'm talking about, wow. I'm talking about having me on a clipboard, like my routine for my medicine. She's, you know, making sure I got everything I need while I'm in the bed, making sure I'm comfortable. She's like uh, mani pitying my feet, right, because I couldn't bend down to take, oh, wow. you know what I'm saying? Like, she's bringing my food. And then when I started going back to work, she was like my chauffeur. She had to drive me everywhere to my appointments, to work, to lunch, go get lunch, bring it back to me, then go to work, and then come back to pick me up, take us home. And it was a lot of back and forth, and my wife was exhausted. She couldn't sleep in the bed with me because I tossed and turned too much. So we put the futon in the bedroom, and she slept on the futon. Head, you know, crooked in the window just so she can, you know what I'm saying? And waking up in the middle of the night to me screaming and crying. And it's just like, man, my wife stepped up and took over so many different roles, like holding me when I had my mental breakdowns, five to be exact, because I felt like I lost my, oh, wow. I felt like I lost my, you know, my chance to, to fulfill my dream. So she's mm-hmm. she was my counselor, my and, and she wasn't everything to me like God is, but the roles that God needed her to fill in, she did beautifully. And I told her, man, I said, <laughs> I said you took care of me in my worst lowest moment. I said I am going to give you everything. <laughs> oh wow, I love you it, man. I love like it. there is I love nothing it. else out there that women can do or offer me 
that I already have not experienced or received. Love, affection, care. You see what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. There's nothing else. And she saw me in my lowest moment. I tell people when we got married, uh, we, we didn't have, you know, stable housing. We were living with family. And, and she said, babe, I didn't have a job. She said, babe, I will live in a box with you, but it better be a nice box. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. So, yeah, man. Wow. That, that, that did something to me, bro. Like, for real. I imagine it is. Let me let me ask you a question, man. Why isn't that valued by other women? It's like what she did, just based on the last two and a half minutes you just described. Why is that not valued by other women? Because men, you kind of had a brief snippet of a discussion about that, you know. A woman being that for her husband is no longer value. It's almost a competition. You know, if he makes six figures, I got to make six figures. I got to bring this to the table, this, that, and the other. And for women that, you know, play their position, their role like they're supposed to. And like I said, I don't want to sound no, bad I when you. I say I that. But we all we all are role players. Right. You're, we are protectors. We are defenders. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, women are nurturers and things like that. Why is it looked down on? By other women that, you know, two women that do that. I have not figured that out yet, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I feel my wife has the same characteristic. And I feel that time my wife is looked down on because she ain't making a hundred figures. She ain't doing it. I mean, um, six figures. She ain't doing this, that, and the other. But me and you understand how valuable our wives are based on that because, dude, uh, my newborns. My wife knows I work 12, 13 hours a day. Every time we had a child, she slept in another room with the babies because she wants me to get rest. Not that I asked her mm. to, but that she just wants to do that. You know, it almost goes back to that futon analogy mm-hmm. you had. You know, we're not, you know, sleeping in the bed because of that. So it's like, man, I'm asking you, why is that not valued in society today? You know? Mm. Because people, people who don't have a covenant godly marriage value stuff differently right like like correct we believe that god wants our wives to be the ultimate support right like your ribs if you think about what a rib is it's a a a support bone right it's a it's a protection bone it's a it's a covering bone right ribs protect Mm -hmm. your inter organs right like it, it prevents um drastic harm from from obstructing your heart like destroying your you know what i'm saying like your lungs like like rib, that's that's what ribs do and they're strong right and, and and they're strategically placed to be that for us but people have perverted like the position or or the idea of what a woman is and it takes the value from that you see what i'm saying so instead of it being like, yeah, you're you're the you're the support and and the protection uh, of a man, right? Let's just say that that's what a woman is a help a help me, right? The world would say, oh, you're you're the smallest rib, right? Like you have no value because you were taken from that bottom rib. It's like no, you're part of the entire system, right? And without your protection, men can't do much. You see what I'm saying? So it's like the world perverts like the beautiful design that God created 
But when women find out, like, no, this is this is a beautiful thing to do, and I'm happy doing it, it's like a cycle. Like the man, therefore, honors and supports and uplifts the wife. So it's like if I submit to the Lord uh, as the head of the household, head of my life, right, and then I leave my wife and my wife submits to me, it's like I, I honor my wife. So it's like a cycle. It's not like a I'm better than her. But we're we're equals and we have different roles, like you said. But women that have bad experiences with with men, um, women that don't have a man, women that um, are afraid, like all these different things affect the true beauty in what a woman can be or a wife can be. And it looks different for different you know marriages, but I think those type of people kind of stain the the beauty and what our wives are exuding and i agree with that and i think a lot of it is it's intentional a lot of it is not intentional and based on what you said on bad experiences that women have had you know just to you know put this out here i understand that there are women out here that are single moms i come from a single mom household you know i understand that there is a society where men are not stepping up and being men so the adverse effect of that is women they're assuming that they have to do all of these things to present themselves to be valuable, you know, based on what they've seen. I always say that men, women react off of men. Whatever we put out, that's what they're going to react to. If we show up to the club, they at the club. I ain't mm-hmm. never seen just a whole bunch of women at the club with no dudes, you know, <laughs> like just flat out, you know, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So whatever so. we do, they actually, you know, counteract what we do, you know. So I've seen a lot of women that have had to step into corporate America, make six figures just to support their two kids because the father doesn't want to be alive. I mm-hmm. understand that, and I right. understand that energy. Right. And that puts pressure on men like me and you, man, because like you said before, I think the whole infidelity thing is not just your family, man. It's 80% of... I think families in general, because you're almost expected. Mm. It's like sometimes women sit on edge, like, okay, when? Okay, when is this when it gonna be so I can go ahead and get through this and get over? And I'm not I'm not trying to do that. I already told my wife, I don't have time for you to be up here crying about this, mm. looking at me over your shoulders, all this stuff like this, not trust because you know, like trust, once you lose that trust is over, the whole dynamic of the relationship changes. Mm. And it's you essentially you're with the same person, but you're not with the person you married because the trust level is not there mm. based on what you've done. So I never want to throw that away. And that's for I can say that's for my pride's sake. You can call it selfish, but it's not selfish because it's to benefit the whole situation. But I selfishly do not wish to cheat on my wife because I do not want to deal with that extra. Absolutely. If people if people understood what we got going on in this world, I mean you got Russia knocking on the door of Ukraine. You got gas mm-hmm. prices almost $3.50. Um, we on the brink of recession. Mm-hmm. That's real stuff we need to be worried about in our household. We don't need to be worried about nothing on the side and vice versa. So, you know, to to say that, you know, it's not valued by women is because of some things that they have to endure, you know. Mm-hmm. So shout out to the women that are holding it together. Um, there are There are men out there that see you, you know, that are men out there that, that do, you know, they are interested in you. It's just that there is a lot in that situation that a man has to take on 
Because once a man takes on a woman with kids that's not his, you take on them kids as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so understand that both sides. Uh, so it's about time to get that shit off your chest. Right. This is my favorite part of the podcast when we want to let you get something off your chest. I'm talking about it can be anywhere from mm -hmm. ketchup, mayonnaise, pickles, onions. Cars, trucks, SUVs. Jeffrey Johnson, I need you to get something off your chest. Tell what you want the people to know from you, bro. It's not just about you, right? It's not about what you want, what you can get, what you think you deserve. It's not It's not about none of that stuff. It's about what y'all want, what y'all think y'all deserve, and what God wants from y'all. Because if you're in a godly marriage, you're becoming one. And there's no more of that I all the time, like my, it's, it's we, it's us. So that's a hard thing to do, man, like to, to shift gears from a single person to a married person. It's like you're, you're something different. You know what I mean? Like this, this makes you something different. You're not the same as you used to be. There it is, man. Let's drop that gym right there. That's, that's hot and heavy right there. And I will leave off by saying, hey, real change requires change. The change we talk about in the first is the transition. The change we talk about at the end is monies. You want some things to change around you? Change. You need change. And guess what? If you want money, real change requires change. If you want to change that's money, you need to change the way you think about it. And all those things can happen. So you heard it here first. This is Jeffrey Johnson on the episode. Thank you for coming by again, man. This is Super Mario, a.k.a. Super Rio Grande. And you just heard the Quality Control Podcast. It's about that time. Quality time. Turn it up. This is the Quality Control Podcast. Let's go. go.